White folks who agree can't support the message Both sides go to war cause they don't respect it Our social climate from the global tension Turned to total violence and a whole depression We can unify and then I'll go against them But we let them divide us with votes and elections Hey, the music we bump All about shooting guns and doing drugs Hey, whoa The things that we want are promoted subliminally through the songs Like, you need a fast car You need designer clothes You need a rap star To tell you to start popping pills at the blunt And go live at the club to your bro It's all controlled by the elites Put fake news all over our screens Convincing the right to go fight with the left And distract from the fact that each other we need uh, Divided by race and religion Segregated into teams uh, You're a white supremacist If you're not, I guess you Antifa Screaming from the rooftops Beat down better Turn us on each other now No lives matter If we do what the news wants Blood don't splatter The news wants blood don't splatter If you're not, I guess you Antifa Scream if you have an opinion, take it back People hate the president if you don't Freedom's dead if you have an opinion, take it back People hate the president if you don't, then you trash and Freedom's dead if you have an opinion, take it back People rap The government abuses us, it's all part of the plan And it's so confusing Black Lives Matter's a valuable movement But all lives matter ain't racist or stupid It's non-black humans who don't feel included All colors 
Pop died is full of guys who cannot even rap. Freedom's dead if you have an opinion, take it back. People hate the president, if you don't, then you trash. Indoctrinate the nation using news and mainstream rap. The government abuses us, it's all part of the plan. And it's so confusing. Black Lives Matter is a valuable movement, but all lives matter ain't racist or stupid. It's not black humans who don't feel included. All colors fall under laws to govern the whole country, and we all suffer. We're all broken, nobody recovers until we accept that we're all brothers. Hey, music we make, all about big booties and getting paid. Hey, whoa. We watch the news and it fills up our brains with violence and riots and race like this is a race war you need to hate more get what you came for you need some songs about xanax and violence so you can escape more what a vicious cycle we can't break away from they control the culture they control the paper they're indoctrinating a whole generation till the patriots start to hate the nation the music we love make us dumb and addicted the news that we watch is brainwashing the children the viruses riots and racist conditions ain't problems they're symptoms of life in the system screaming from the rooftops beat down better on each other now, no lives matter If we do what the news wants, blood don't splatter Turn us on each other till no lives matter The music will make you dumb, the media makes you hate And they control them both, there ain't no escape It'll Make you dumb, the media makes you hate And they control them both, there ain't no escape It makes you hate, and they control them both there ain't no escape from the rooftops beat down better turn us on each other now no lives matter if we do what the news wants blood don't splatter turn us on each other till no lives matter took the knife out of bed she pulled her wrist everything hurt didn't want to exist she was faded and lost she became the abyss i was born in the blood with the name of my lips you might fuck what other you want from me y'all don't even know no BP's 140 over 90. Hectic first day, but earning my nursing degree online gave me the flexibility to fit school into my life. And this is Genesis Bri Piorich, and we are on Narvara's human serviette program somewhere in Canada, somewhere very secret. This is Genesis Bri Piorich, and we are on Narvara's human serviette program somewhere in Canada. This is Genesis Bri Piorich, and we are on Narvara's Human Serviette Program, somewhere in Canada, somewhere very secret. Who are you? Yes, hello. Yes, hello. You are Genesis? Uh, that's true. You want to know who we are? Um, good question, really. 
<laughs> That's Ed Leo Dowd. That's true. You want to know who we are? Yeah, Genesis Bray, Piorage. Oh, psychic. We are. Yeah, Genesis Bray. Who are you? Yes, hello. Yes, hello. You are Genesis? Uh, that's true. You want to know who we are? Yeah, Genesis Bray, Piorage. Of Psychic TV and many other. Um, good question, really. <laughs> yes, hello. Yes, hello. You are Genesis? Uh, that's true. You want to know who we are? Yeah, Genesis Bray, Piorage. Of Psychic TV and many other projects. And Jen, who do you have beside you? Um, good question, really. <laughs> it's Ed Leo Dowd. That's Ed Leo Dowd, that's me. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. Right off the bat, Genesis, I have a gift for you. Brian, come back, you... Are forgiven. Bastard! Don't call me a bastard. No, that's what that seven inch is. Is that right? Yes, Brian Jones, your idol. I would never call him a bastard because he was legitimate. Uh, you actually met him because your dad cleaned ABC Studios? That's, that's true, yes. Uh, I also met his two bastards, Julian and Julian. Julian to Pat Andrew Donovan. I met both of them. Because your dad cleaned ABC Studios? That's, that's true, yes. Uh, I also met his two bastards, Julian and Julian. Julian to Pat. Don't call me a bastard. No, that's what that seven inch is. Is that right? Yes, Brian Jones, your idol. I would never call him a bastard because he was legitimate. Uh, you actually met him because your dad cleaned ABC Studios? That's, that's true, yes. Uh, I also met his two bastards, Julian and Julian. Julian to Pat Andrews and Ju that's that's true yes uh, I also met his two bastards Julian and Julian Julian to Pat Andrews and Julian to Linda who married Donovan I met both of those sons and they were bastards met him because your dad cleaned ABC studios that's that's true yes uh, I also met his two bastards Brian Piorich and we were on Narvaz human service I met both of those sons, and they were bastards. And, as well, you have his jacket, too. You do talk weird, don't you? Is that, is that part of the, the shtick? Well, you have his jacket. Shouting at people. <laughs> um, What's well, Genesis? I mean... What is it? Aardvark? Nardwar. Nardwar. Nardwar, the human serviette. Yeah, okay. Um, actually, we were just reading something today online about Brian Jones. There's a new book just come out, and we've had this theory for a while. You, you're aware that Brian Jones, John Lennon, and Jimi Hendrix were about to form a group together, and they made several demo tapes at Olympic Studios, of which we have some, some copies. And we always knew that Brian Jones was murdered. We figured that out a long, long time ago. And it was, it was too suspicious. He was found in the pool, supposedly drowned through using drugs and not, and having an asthma attack, but that's just not the case. We, we met the people who did the autopsy, and they said there wasn't water in his lungs, so he didn't drown. Um, why did the people at the house 
phoned the Rolling Stones publicist before they called an ambulance or the police and waited for him to drive from London to this village and go through the house and what did he do when he went through the house? He got every single tape recording he could find and all the stage costumes and burned them in a bonfire. Then they called the police. And then you got your recordings? How did you get the Brian Jones recordings? The same way we got the jacket and se several other things. People would come to concerts when we did the song God Star back in 85. And they would say, for example, the person with the jacket said, I used to be a, a roadie for the Rolling Stones and in the 60s. And when they moved into just wearing casual clothing and not trying to be like the Beatles, because at the beginning, Andrew Oldham had them wearing gray herringbone jackets. Um, he gave his jacket to this roadie who gave it to me 30 years later or something like that. And we have a gift here for Edley, a Kenneth Anger LP. Thank you very much. What can you say about Kenneth Anger and your association with him? You love his movies. Yes, yes, one of the great filmmakers of the 20th century, Derek Jarman. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This interview, he like, like Jennifer. Alright. Let's get back to it, guys. This incident we're doing is when he finally decides the last person he trusts he doesn't trust anymore, and I'm getting sentenced to the hole. And then three days later, I was gone. Because I thought leaving was the only thing I could do to sort of wake him up. Because if I leave, I hold the keys to the kingdom. That should sober him up. What the fuck is that doing? Get that fuck up. Fucking DB. What? Get down! Lick the fucking floor! Lick the floor! It may be that every religion carries within it the DNA for its own distinct crimes. Fucking mental midgets, that's right! The whole and the allegations of abuse are, in my view, an extreme but logical extension of the principles of Where Scientology. Answer my fucking question! On the ground, sir? Where on the ground? Then I am so frantic trying to light a fire under your lazy asses since you routinely let everything go to hell the second I don't have a gun to your head. The Sea Org is imbued with a Spartan warrior ethic and bull-baiting, squirrel-busting, and shattering suppression are part of their dogma. This motherfucker! Well, I'm busy trying to put things back in order because you fucking degraded beings don't get shit done. Look at this fucking org board. Fucking org board! You fucking SP! Why you fucking handling this pee? Huh? You're handling roughly! You're handling roughly! Roughly. Okay? Okay? Yes, sir. Yes! The church denies the existence of the whole 
and any abuse by David Miscavige. It provides numerous statements from people who say these things just never happened. But there are also many ex-church members who say that they did happen. And I've come to believe a version of this did take place. And watching it unfold, I kept thinking about Marty and his years of service and his complicity. Okay. Anyone listens to this fucking cocksucker, you're automatically and immediately SP declared. Have a pleasant evening. Succeed by serving others. Lead in the public and nonprofit sectors. That was a command performance. We're done. That, that was just command performance. He's feeling all right. He was on a roll. That was a. I just I just sat back and watched because it was as if he was channeling that guy. That that is what is that what it was. And you can see it becomes an overwhelm, and you're like, whoa. Just an SP like you doing in a place like this. We're actually, uh, you're not going to talk to us, I'm already... Oh, look, you've got another guy with a camera. Hey, guys, what are you doing? It's terrific. We actually came to talk to Marty. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, Marty, what... You want to identify yourself? How much is the BBC paying Yeah, I just wanted to find out, like, would you like between to, would you the foster like... care and what the BBC is paying you, is that enough for you to cover your nut? Can you identify yourself, did please? Did Moby have to go? Mark, did you know actually, I'm having Com cycle here. What's the foster with care? Marty. Yeah, the foster care. Do you get paid enough for the foster care? You, I think yeah, I know. My name Where's your um, friend from last time? These guys hired me these time, this time. Can you tell me who they are? Can you tell me what you're doing? Yes, I'm like, oh, uh, they hired me to work on their documentary. Did you, Did you finish the other project? Okay, here's the crew. Nicely done. Okay. I have no interest Thanks, in being. Thanks, Marty. Guys, stick around, please. It's the same guy. Which guy, the camera? Can we just have your names? This is really sick, man. This is really sick. They're saying that, are you getting paid enough for your foster care? Between this and your foster care, is that paying you enough? Is that what, How much are they paying you? Between that and your foster care, are you able to survive? I don't know anything about foster care. Monique and I are, are 
providing for him. It was a straight adoption. None of these things just happened. David Miscavige had to direct this. He scripted it and directed it. Shouldn't the way you charge your device be just as good as the device itself? I mean, don't you think the chargers today are pretty sad and crappy? With Big oh, roll! Two, that is a five. That is a five. Now All I gotta right. see what I gotta do with it, but... Uh, uh, you lucky one, motherfucker. Two. He brought my wife's name into it, and he's brought my son into this. I didn't want to do it, but I'm going to have to pull the plug on this organization. You don't bring my child into this. Unless you want me to do something extremely severe in response. So you're still running the same do the actors know what was going on? We probably shouldn't tell them. They'll just get upset. You know, welcome to my life, Louis. And, and I say, you've just illustrated it. Like All right, guys, that was pretty wicked, right? Scientology, if you guys were listening to the last few hours, uh, you guys know that it was pretty wicked, you know? We're going to go ahead and end it right there. And then... Um, we're going to go into a whole different realm of uh, religion. Let's do it. Brainwash Radio. Yeah, I know you guys wanted to hear some religious stuff because, you know, we are broadcasting the Sunday show. I know. I know. You be loving that shit. I know. I love in your face. Shnazzy. You know, religion is very important. It's just as important as music. We should just adore each and every religion. Like we adore the taste of vaginal, vaginal music. You know, I'm talking about moon music, sun music, rage music, killer music. Deep loving music, making babies music, little tiny kids music, Chinese people's music, Japanese people's music, Somalian people's music, you know, stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, all up in your music, just like I've been smoking my way. You guys all love me. I know. That's why you keep on coming on the show. Because I promote stuff like trees by game. That's Platinum Punch, baby. Platinum Punch. Mmm. So good for you. Eating them trees. I'd be smoking some right now. But, you know, we're not supposed to be talking about that. You know, I'd be slapping you upside the head with some freaking marijuana info. So you could go check it out. Type it in. Type, type, type. Dang, there it is, there it is. Oh, that's the one. Michael G. Stone. Always talking about Father Stone all up in your face. Dang. Dang. Bow down. People of the world, bow down. What about you, Jam on A? Let's do it. With that documentary. Surrounded by sweet and fatty foods. 
and the body has not been dealing well with these eating habits. But what about the brain? Do our mental health, our moods, and our brain abilities suffer from the wrong kind of nutrition? We know that junk food is making us fat, but science is telling us now that it might also be shrinking our brains. Brain researchers have joined the dining table to study the effects of our eating habits. Diets that are high in fat and sugar in the long term lead to changes in part of the brain involved in memory. This is a recent field of research, a developing science that spotlights a new facet of nutrition. Habitual intake of foods high in fat and sugar result in a reprogramming of the brain. In short, our brain is affected by what's on our plates. with our very first meals, even before birth. The brain is built up during pregnancy. How it functions later on depends on how it has been nourished by the expectant mother's diet over nine months. A number of consequences of poor nutrition during gestation have been known for a long time. Today, scientists in Australia are looking at the repercussions of nutrition on brain function. Felice Chaka, a professor at the University of Melbourne, examined the behavior of babies after following the eating habits of 23,000 pregnant women. We measured their intake of junk and processed foods. We measured their intake of the healthful foods, foods with lots of fiber and nutrients, etc. And then we looked at the emotional health of their children over the first few years of life, from 18 months to five years. Of course, taking into account things such as education, income, the mother's mental health, parenting practices, these sorts of things. And what we saw very clearly was that mothers who ate more junk and processed foods, so sweet drinks and salty snacks and, you know, cakes, biscuits during their pregnancy, their children had more of these behaviours such as aggression and, and anger and tantrums. This disquieting correlation suggests that the mother's diet impacts the mental development of the baby, though the link remains to be demonstrated on the biological level. In any case, Felice Jacker is convinced. So what we also saw in this large Norwegian study is that the children's diets seem to be important as well, independent of what mum ate. If children were eating too much junk and processed foods and or not enough of the healthful foods, they had more of these anger and aggressive type behaviours, but also sadness, anxiety, worry, nightmares. Since then, Professor Jacker's conclusions have been confirmed by studies in Spain, the Netherlands, and Canada. Excess fat and sugar are now in the sights of scientists working on the brain. Excesses and deficiencies. Junk food is often low on essential nutrients, so it leaves the body, and especially the nerve cells, lacking. 
In this laboratory at the University of Bordeaux, scientists are studying the consequences of dietary deficiencies on mouse brains. This experiment is used to measure anxiety. The animal has the choice between exploring the lighted area or hiding in the shade. A normal mouse takes the time to examine the lighted area. But this animal was deprived of omega-3 fatty acids during its development. Omega-3s are called good fats due to their benefits to the heart and arteries. Instead of exploring the environment, the mouse takes refuge in a dark corner. It's stressed, anxious. The experiment has been reproduced many times on dozens of mice. For researchers, this strange behavior can be simply explained. Without omega-3 fatty acids, the brain does not develop and function normally. They're needed because the brain's gray matter is 90% fat, which it cannot produce itself. The brain is the organ after adipose tissue that's the richest in polyunsaturated fatty acid, or omega-3. So omega-3 is indispensable because the body cannot make it. We have to ingest it. It has to come from the diet. Oily fish, organ meat, vegetable oils, and seeds and nuts such as almonds have long been the main sources of omega-3 for humans. But these foods have become scarce in the cuisine of industrialized countries. The amount of omega-3 that enters the brain is crucial for making brain cells more efficient. Because when these fatty acids are incorporated into the membranes of nerve cells, they improve their electrical properties. In omega-3-rich neurons, the signals propagate faster. The network is more efficient. Depriving the brain of omega-3 is linked to a risk that it will function less well. The general population is deficient in omega-3. We have insufficient intake of omega-3, so it's important to pay attention to it, especially in the prenatal developmental period. During this period, omega-3 embeds itself in massive quantities into the brain. Also in adolescence, when there's often a change of food, and during aging, where the incorporation into the brain of omega-3 tends to be less effective, so we must increase its intake. The first rule for a brain to run at full speed is avoid deficiencies. But good nutrients and a varied diet should be available. What happens to neurons when meals are poor and above all, always the same? That is a problem that is now affecting the wild-living European hamster, which thrived for a long time in the plains of France's Alsace region. Since the 1960s, there's been a decline in the hamster population, which is on the verge of extinction today. And at the same time, we've noticed an increase in the agricultural area where corn is cultivated. Caroline Abord wondered whether the collapse of the population was linked to the sudden glut of corn. So she did an experiment, feeding hamsters exclusively corn. On 
During breeding, we observed behavioral disturbances in females, which resulted in hyperaggression and hypersensitivity as soon as there was noise in the room. Above all, what we did not expect is that these females would devour their young the first day after birth. This behavior was observed in more than 80% of females. A dietary deficiency was enough to make a hamster devour its children. The cause? A simple vitamin. A vitamin B3 deficiency is at the origin of the abnormal behavior. When we supplemented them with vitamin B3 in addition to their corn-based diet, they expressed quite normal behaviors. And they began to nurse their young, to raise them in the same way as the females that were fed a diversified diet. The case of the cannibalistic hamsters is disturbing. Could an unbalanced diet also trigger aggressive, violent behavior in humans? Apsarburg is a clinical psychologist and political advisor to the Dutch Ministry of Justice. His specialty? Nutrition and crime. He's convinced that enriching food with vitamins, fatty acids and minerals can reduce aggression. It's a hypothesis that is difficult to test in normal life because so many factors and circumstances can influence our behavior and our impulses. In order to study nutrition without the influence of the many parameters, he chose prisons as a nearly ideal setting. Hey, I'm Talon and this is Rumpus and I'm gonna show you how to start an online t-shirt business. Let's go. First, go to Shopify.com and start a free trial. Next, create your t-shirt. You can use your own designs or hire a freelance designer. Once you have a design you love, add it to a t-shirt and put it on your store. Now launch your store and start selling. Starting an online t-shirt business is easier than ever with print-on-demand services. Print-on-demand handles your inventory, packaging, and shipping for you. Here's how it works. A customer buys one of your custom t-shirts. The order is then automatically sent to your print-on-demand service for printing. It's then packaged and shipped directly to your customer. With print-on-demand, you can start a business for less money, less time, and less risk than traditional business models. And you never pay for a product until you've sold it. This means you can spend your time marketing your products, creating new designs, and talking to your customers because you don't have to worry about inventory or shipping. So what are you waiting for? Go to Shopify.com and start your t-shirt business today. Customer data is a mess. Even if you get it organized, it can be hard to access. And even if people get their... Here, in the Netherlands, we conducted a study of young prisoners in eight different prisons. For three months, we gave them vitamins, minerals and fatty acid supplements. And then we looked at the effect on their behavior. We measured it in two different ways. First, we asked the detainees how aggressive they were, and we asked the supervisors for their views on the issue. Above all, we looked at the incident log, the number of times detainees were punished, and we saw that solitary confinement had fallen dramatically. Here is Zuiderbos, we get the detainees in 
In the group of inmates whose meals were improved, the number of incidents was reduced by one-third. What we eat may have the power to change our moods, to stimulate certain impulses. But could the food on our plate also influence our decisions? The ones we believe we make using our free will. When people are asked if they think that the food that they eat has an impact on health, most answer yes. But when asked if diet can also influence thoughts and decisions, very few people are willing to believe this is the case. However, at the Institute of Psychology of the University of Lübeck in Germany, Professor Soyung Park has, for the first time, proven it. Her work reveals the mechanism by which food could influence our thoughts. And for that, the researcher has developed a rather original experiment. Imagine that you face the following dilemma. The money on the table is to be divided into two sums. But it's your partner, a stranger, who decides how it is to be distributed. I give you two euros, and I keep eight for me. If you accept the unfair offer, you leave with a little money, but much less than your partner's. If you refuse, no one wins anything. So what would you do? Do you accept the offer and take the two euros even if you feel cheated? Or do you refuse and leave with empty pockets, but your head held high? Well, it turns out, surprisingly, that whether you'll take the money or not depends on what you've just eaten. As part of this study, we followed 24 people who came into the laboratory twice to have two different breakfasts. We found that the same person made completely different decisions based on what they ate in the morning. To the test person, the two breakfasts look the same. In reality, one is far more protein-rich than the other. The ratio of protein to sugar is the only parameter that changes. A few hours after the meal, the subject takes several tests on a computer. Today, he accepts the offer. His self-interest outweighs his anger at the unfairness, and he will leave with a little money in his pocket. Last week, he mainly refused and won almost nothing. The subject, having consumed a high-protein breakfast in the morning, was tolerant of unfair offers. Conversely, the subject who consumed a high-carbohydrate breakfast was less tolerant in the face of unfair offers. On average, the subjects who had little protein rejected unfair offers twice as often. But how can this surprising result be explained? 
In their search for biological evidence for this observation, the scientists carried out blood tests. We will send the blood to the laboratory for analysis. We will measure the level of hormones and amino acids in the blood. For hormones, we are interested in insulin, cortisol, adrenaline and adrenocorticotropic hormone. And for amino acids, tryptophan and tyrosine. Of these substances, the most important is tyrosine. The amino acid is one building. All right, we're going to leave you right there, ladies and gentlemen. But let me add for one moment. Some of you may be asking, this is a religious like channel. This is like Sunday church time. That's what you call it. Stone, what's going on, bro? Well, to answer that question, ladies and gentlemen, and all in between. You like that? You like that spit? That's biohazard flamage just flying right out of my mouth. Shooting out. Going out into the wilderness. All my DNA be flying around. Like a religious practice. It's called science, people. Come on. Scientology. I mean, everybody, you know, rags on L. Ron Hubbard. But come on, ladies and gentlemen. For real. All things are religious. If you think about it. Your walk. Your talk. Your breathing. Your whatever the fuck you do. It's religious. Whether you like it or not. Whether you think so or you don't. You know, the greatest thing on earth is, you know, the person who doesn't believe in any sort of religious structure whatsoever. And that's fine. You know, the devil loves that. You know how the devil is. He'd be loving it. He'd be giving you a big, long 15-inch right inside. You don't even... You don't even know what's going on. That's how good it feels. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Oh. Loving it. But you know. So, that is why we play scientific stuff. And we're going to be playing Scientology on the show. We're going to be playing Anton LaVey on the show. Stuff like that, you know. The Church of the Satan, all the priests, you know, if they want to come on the show, by all means, come on in. Hang out. Let's have some chatter, chitter, whacker, whacker. Buddhist monks, they're going to be hanging out. They're going to be sitting next to me. And we're going to be chatting it up. And you're going to be listening. It's religious. This is Sunday, church. And I am your father. Don't ever forget it. Brainwash Radio, baby. Let's get to that commercial. And then we'll get right back to that program. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yams are good. You know, me personally, I'm a beat guy. I love that iron inside that beat. Ooh, yummy. And it's all red and bloody. And then I, I just, 
you know, eat it. I look like I've been eating some, uh, you know, some uh, pre-menstrual. Deep in that shit. Deep in that bloodline. Commercial time. To this village. You? Then they called the police. And then you got your recordings? How did you get the Brian Jones recordings? The same way we got the jacket and se- several other things. People would come to concerts when we did the song God Star back in 85. And they would say, for example, the person with the jacket said, I used to be a, a roadie for the Rolling Stones and in the 60s. And when they moved into just wearing casual clothing and not trying to be like the Beatles, because at the beginning, Andrew Oldham had them wearing gray herringbone jackets. Um, he gave his jacket to this roadie who gave it to me 30 years later or something like that. And we have a gift here for Edley, a Kenneth Anger LP. Thank you very much. What can you say about Kenneth Anger and your association with him? You love his movies. Yes, yes, one of the great filmmakers of the 20th century. Derek Jarman, Kenneth Anger, those are the two really important ones. And Fellini. So that is for you, Edley. Thank you very much. Before it happens. This is time travel. You're aware of that. I am indeed, Genesis, and I was really confused by this. What is going on here exactly? Force it. UFO. That's that's the name of a a, a sort of early heavy metal type band, UFO. And a picture is myself and Cozy Fanny Tutti. And as it's called Force It which in United States in language means bathroom, not a toilet, a bathroom, hence the set. They thought it would be funny if we were forcing it in some kind of sexual innuendo. And they wanted ambiguous uh, people. They wanted it to look like it could be two women, it could be whatever. Ambiguous gender. Even then, way, way back, 76. So how did you hook up with UFO in 75? And this is the German issue. Is it? Oh, right. Well, uh, Sleazy, Peter Christofferson, who was in TG, Throbbing Gristle, also was a partner in Hypnosis. And they were commissioned to do this cover. And he said he didn't know many people who didn't mind getting naked on camera, but he knew we wouldn't mind. So he said, do you want to get paid to get naked in a bathroom? And we said, yes. And that's how it happened. Tell him how cold it was. Oh, it was freezing. It was so cold. It was in the winter in London in a house that was derelict and they built this set in the house. There was no heat, no hot water, so it was cold water they were spraying over us. It doesn't even show in the picture. It was miserable. What a long day. And Genesis Sleazy took promo pics of the Sex Pistols that Malcolm McLaren called shocking, too shocking? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He took photos of the sex pistols, and it was too shocking. Over us, it doesn't even show in the picture. It was miserable. What a long day. And Genesis Sleazy took promo pics of the sex pistols that Malcolm McLaren called shocking too shocking? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He took photos of the sex shocking. Ardvark. Nardwar, the human survey et et to me attractions got you into punk acme attractions we've never been into punk shocking Ardvark. Nardwar, the human survey et et 
too brutos. Acme Attractions got you into punk? Acme Attractions? We've never been into punk. It's too traditional. Well, that exposed you to punk. But boy, and to this day, boy, the brand is still going. We got paid £60 to design the shop, come up with the logo and the name and the brand and everything. But my, the person who exposed me to punk was Sue Catwoman. She was your girlfriend, right? Yeah, for three years officially and a couple more after that. And uh, an amazing woman. She knew everybody. She knew everybody and she'd take me around to all the pubs and we'd see the damned and we saw the jam when they'd not made any records, all of them before that, Eater, everyone. It was a pretty interesting time. Did you audition Billy Idol? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes we did. Oh, it's a, what a terrible thing we've done. Genesis is responsible for Billy Idol? Yes. At that time, my friend at university was trying to have a band. The guy who had Acme Attractions that we changed it to boy. John Cravine, he wanted to have a band to rival the Sex Pistols. He goes, Malcolm has the Sex Pistols, so I want a band for my shop. And I'm going to call it Chelsea. Could you audition people to be in my band? So that's what we did. We went down to a warehouse where he stored old jukeboxes, and various young guys came up playing, and one of them got up and said, I'm Bill Broad, and I want to pay, play rhythm guitar. And we turned to John and said, he's a natural pick him and so we picked out the band which then became generation x and in their first official biography they credit me with having pulled them together genesis you liked the nipple erectors more than crass yes yes this is true well wouldn't you i mean crass means boring and stupid and nipple erectors means exciting and sensual aardvark pit pit viper genesis did you make a minefield <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you mean a real minefield that exploded? Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. Way back in the 70s with Coombe Transmissions at the Bradford Arts Festival in a field. Nobody thought it was real. We got all this barbed wire and we put a fence of barbed wire around it, but I'd made all these homemade bombs. Um, it was in the days when you could still buy the ingredients legally before all the IRA thing. And I'd found out how to mix fertilizer and sugar and things and make explosions. And so it said, danger, minefield, do not enter, etc. And of course, people just can't resist. And they think, oh, it can't be a minefield. Surely not. So people would climb in and then they would trip these wires and off would go these big, huge flashbangs around them. It was fun. Psychic TV, quote, I'm looking for you. And I was really curious. You have that song, I'm Looking For You. What can you say about Anton LaVey? There's a connection. He played on one of your records. Joy, Psychic TV. Well, he didn't play. He's on it. We sampled him. <laughs> but we did reproduce his uh, Satanic Mass. He gave me the old tapes, and we took it in a studio and cleaned it up so it could be re-released as a CD. And uh, he's an interesting man. Fun. Very funny. The doctor, Dr. LeVay. He did play keyboards. Did you think about getting him to play keyboards? You ever heard him play fucking keyboards? Well, on this record, he does an okay job. It was, it was torment. That was what we all dreaded when we went to the Black House. It was like about 11 o'clock at night. He'd get a little bit tipsy and happy and he'd suddenly say, let's go in the kitchen. He'd be like, oh no, that's where he's key playing. Bombastic. 11 o'clock at night. 
he'd get a little bit tipsy and happy and he'd suddenly say, let's go in the kitchen. He'd be like, oh no, that's where his keyboards are. Seven o'clock at night, he'd get a little bit tipsy and happy and he'd suddenly say, let's go in the kitchen. He'd be like, oh no, that's where his keyboards are. And about 20 cats. And then he would sit down and there'd be this stink of cat piss and he would start playing bombastic music. He had this thing that the next music after industrial and punk would be bombastic. And he was ahead of the curve with his bombastic keyboards. I mean, it was sweet for about a half hour, but after four hours, it started to get really difficult to put up with it. I have another gift for you, Genesis. A laser disc, Poetry in Motion, and that features William Burroughs, who you met through a Canadian magazine. Is that true? Through a Canadian magazine, you met William Burroughs? In a sort of meandering way, yes, in a meandering way. So anyway, we got this magazine file, and in it was uh, something called the Image Bank Request List, which was based in Vancouver. How about that? The Image Bank... Canadian Connection. Yes, and the place was a sort of art centre, an ad hoc independent art centre called Western Front. And they also were friends with General Idea, who were another ad hoc group of artists in Toronto. And... Uh, General Idea did File magazine, which was a sort of pastiche of life. And then the Western Front did the Image Bank request list, where you wrote your name, your address, and anything you wanted people to send you that you needed for projects. And so, for example, Anna Banana, who is Canadian, wanted anything to do with bananas. What a surprise. And William Burroughs put camouflage for 1984. And we thought, hey, that's a really smart thing to put because it was, it's in 72 or something. Seemed a long way off then, 84. But also, we thought, surely he hasn't put his real address. Why would he put his real address? But we thought, well, maybe, you never know. So we wrote to him. And he wrote back and said, whenever you're in London, come and see me. Get in a taxi, I'll pay for it. Thank you, the Western Front in Vancouver, for getting together. Burroughs and me. Me. No, I was curious. Ellie, what did you invent with the Toilet Boys? Now. <laughs> um, the New York Dolls Meet the Runaways. I was fascinated by the Toilet Boys. Miss Guy, did she, he... Date Tracy Lords? No, that's not true. Sean Pierce, who's next to Miss Guy, we were all on our first trip to LA, trying to make the scene there, and we went to a gay club where Sean, who's not gay at all, met Tracy Lords. And who's not gay at all? Who's not gay at all? And we proceeded to have kind of a party with her, but I do believe that Sean and Tracy went off and slept elsewhere that evening. What have you told Genesis about the Toilet Boys? Genesis has actually seen the Toilet Boys. Yeah. I, we threw sweets at you once, didn't we? <laughs> they weren't sweets. <laughs> they were... Um, Tampons? No, they were pharmaceutical. Pills. Yes. Well, they were pills. Yeah. What was this? Yeah, this was at... Uh, there was an opening of a hair salon at a sort of shishi shopping place in 
where is that, Chelsea? Manhattan. Yeah, somewhere. And um, they asked the Toilet Boys to perform a short set. Um, so Genesis and Lady J came, stood in the front row, and they were pelting Miss Guy with pharmaceutical pills. <laughs> until, she be, until she became visibly annoyed, which was kind of hilarious. But. <laughs> I don't even know why we did that. Something got us in the mood, but I don't know what it was. Guy said to me after the fact, you know, was Jen and Jackie, like, what, what was that about? <laughs> did you spit on John Peel? Yes, yes, we did do that. <laughs> he wrote about that. Yeah, the first time we met him, yeah. That was long before Punk too. That was 72, 71. John Peel came into Hull in Yorkshire, where we were at the time. And we thought, how do we get him to talk to us? without just saying, we like what you do. So we went up and said, we really like what you do, and we spat on him. <laughs> and said, don't worry, that's the way we show our love. I didn't know that. Yes. I did not know that story. So he nicknamed us Goz Rock, because <laughs> Goz means spit in England. I would like to ask you about another Canadian band from Vancouver, Skinny Puppy. What can you say about Skinny Puppy, Puppy Grizzle? Oh, you've done your research. Well, we're friends with Ogre and Kevin, so that's the connection. We both met through a band called Pigface, which was touted as an industrial supergroup in the 80s. No, the 90s. 90s, gosh, so long ago. That's how we met Ogre. We got on really well straight away. We both love dogs, and we're both quiet and shy and retiring. And so we were the two that were sitting and talking about philosophy in the band while the rest of the band were taking drugs and having sex with groupies we'd be just discussing philosophy and animal rights ian curtis of joy division here we go <laughs> he talked you out of suicide ian curtis talked you out of suicide no 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 and that's not true i don't know where you got that one from he was the i was the last person he spoke to before he died but he did have my song about trying to commit suicide memorized. And in that last phone call, he sang it to me, word perfect. And we thought, he's going to try and kill himself. And so we, this is the day before cell phones, before most people even had answer machines in Britain. So we started ringing anyone we could think of in Manchester saying, you've got to get around to Ian's house. He's going to try and kill himself. And the ones we got through to went, yeah, he's just being dramatic. We said, no, we think he's really going to try and do it. No one would go and check, and that's why we're still angry at certain people. Did Sleazy's parents really know the Queen? Yes, they were good friends. Lord and Lake, yeah, he's just being dramatic. We said, no, we think he's really going to try and change in Britain. So we started ringing anyone we could think of in Manchester, saying, you've got to get round to Ian's house. He's going to try and kill himself. And the ones we got through to went, yeah, he's just being dramatic. Perfect. And we thought, he's going to try and kill himself. And so we, this is the day before cell phones, before most people even had answer machines in Britain. So we started ringing anyone we could think of in Manchester saying, you've got to get round to Ian's house. He's going to try and kill himself. And the ones we got through to went, yeah, he's just being dramatic. We said, no, we think he's really going to try and do it. No one would go and check, and that's why we're still angry at certain people. Did Sleazy's parents really know the Queen? Yes, they were good friends. 
The Lord and Lady Derman Christofferson were such good friends of the Queen that they would go there for tea and dinner and hang out and chat over dinner and just like... Did these parents really know the Queen? Yes, they were good friends. Lord and Lady Derman Christofferson were such good friends of the Queen that they would go there for tea and try and kill himself. And so we, this is the day before cell phones, before most people even had answer machines in Britain. So we started ringing anyone we could think of in Manchester saying, you've got to get around to Ian's house. He's going to try and kill himself. And the ones we got through to went, yeah, he's just being dramatic. We went, no, we think he's really going to try and do it. No one would go and check. And that's why we're still angry at certain people. Did Sleazy's parents really know the Queen? Yes, they were good friends. Lord and Lady Derman Christofferson were such good friends of the Queen that they would go there for tea and dinner and hang out and chat. Memorized. And in that last phone call, he sang. Lady Derman Christofferson were such good friends of the Queen that they would go there for tea and dinner and hang Yes, they were good friends. Lord and Lady Derman Christofferson were such good friends of the Queen that they would go there for tea and dinner and hang out and chat over dinner and just like any other couple with friends. It always made me a little worried, a bit concerned. But it did confirm that she knew who we were and she did not like me. So you actually came up? Oh yeah. Yeah, we did. They were sitting there and the Queen turned to Sleazy's mother and said, So... What's Peter doing these days? And she said, oh, he's working with this artist called Genesis Piorage. And the Queen apparently sort of went backwards slightly and went, oh, oh dear, oh. And then she turned to the head, a little worried, a bit concerned. But it did confirm that she knew who we were and she did not like me. So you actually came up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. They were sitting there and the Queen turned to Sleazy's mother and said, So, what's Peter doing these days? And she said, Oh, he's working with this artist called Genesis Piorage. And the Queen apparently sort of went backwards slightly and went, Oh, oh dear, oh. And then she turned to the head of MI5 and said, We know all about this person, don't we? And then he told them, you should get your son away from this person, Genesis. He's a very bad influence. He's trouble. Get him away. But it just made Sleazy want to be nearer. Were your kids mad, Genesis, that you got breasts instead of a car? <laughs> Where does he get this stuff? That, that's, that's not even, like, ever been in an interview. <laughs> might, it might have, it might have. That was the, my younger daughter, Jeunesse. She's 31. And we, we, we thought we should ring them up and say, you know, Papa's got breasts because someone would be bound to tell them. And all she said was, are you serious? And we thought, oh, she doesn't like this. You got breasts when you could have spent that money on getting me a new car? She was outraged that we wasted money when we could have given it to her. But she got over it within minutes. But otherwise, they weren't bothered at all. Didn't care. How much money would it take to look like you, Genesis? <laughs> 66 years of stress. 
like for instance Edley. What would it take for Edley to look like you? Oh, about three hundred thousand. Did you, Genesis, tell Zodiac Mind Warp to get a cock ring? Yes. <laughs> I told a lot of people to do that. <laughs> yeah, you've got good memory. Why should people care about Psychic TV? Why should people care? Um, why should they care about Psychic TV? Well, hopefully they care about what we say. And that's more important, always. And what we stand for, what we represent, and that's what's been happening. We're selling out nearly everywhere we play now. And that's all over the world. I mean, to think that there are enough people in every country we get invited to, to fill venues. People who come and they know about us and they've read the Psychic Bible and they've read things that we've said and they've even probably watched your strange thing. Because um, we don't know what to call it. They, 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 they believe that we're the few, one of the few lots of people who are telling them an authentic truth. That we...